Hello, and welcome back to episode 145 of Talk of Fame Podcast with your host, Kai Montini. And on today's episode, we are joined by Jennifer Massina, who is an American singer, songwriter, actress, model, producer, and author. Thank you so much for joining the podcast, Jennifer. I'm super excited to talk with you. Do you mind if we try that one more time? My name is Jennifer Messina, like meth. Messina. Yeah, of course. I, I knew I had to say it wrong. <laughs> it's, it's okay. Everyone's like, Messina. I'm like, it's... So like it's Messina, right? Miss, yeah, Messina. All right. I'll try to do it one more time. I, I'm horrible with names, so thank you for telling me about that. I'm horrible. That, that, that's okay. I'm helping you. We we can cut it up. Yeah. And we... go. <laughs> Hello, and welcome back to episode 145 of Talk Flame Podcast with your host, Kaya Montini. On today's episode, we are joined by Jennifer Messina who is an American singer-songwriter, actress, model, producer, and a- author. Thank you so much for joining the podcast, Jennifer. Did I get the last name right? <laughs> or is it wrong? Yes, name? you did. Okay. I'm so proud of you. Good also, job. I'm, I'm, I'm telling you, I'm horrible with names. So I'm like, always. it's always on the second try. I tell you. Well, a funny story about that. So my parents actually named me Jennifer Messina just so it would be easier to pronounce and easier to spell because they had this worry that I would go to school and every teacher would butcher my name. But like growing up in New England, I think because there's a lot of Italian and Sicilian descendants, um, they knew how to pronounce my name. But it seems like the more far out west I go, the less they know how to pronounce my name. So (laughs) good try. Like, like I, the first thing I want like to ask you, um, as a kind of we do the interview, like, like you were a singer songwriter, like you had been kind of like in musical theater and stuff since you were a young kid. Like, in your opinion, I know we had to go through a tough pandemic to like three years ago, which is crazy. Like, how has it kind of like the music industry changed over the course of a couple of years? Well, what I would say is when COVID happened or the height of COVID and the lockdown was going on, a lot of people had to find ways to either reinvent themselves or, you know, people had to take care of their mental health and really get after that, right? So social media has been feeding this, for lack of better terms, animal, that if you live anywhere in the world, you can become a TikTok star. You can become an Instagram star. You can become a social media influencer because you can make content from the sake of your home. So COVID really inspired a lot of people because they got bored. They said, I reorganized my closet like 50 times. I threw away this and I made every single dish known to man in my recipe book. But what am I doing now? So they started going to social media and making content and people started catching on it because that's all they had to do. So that type of environment has really just continued on. And now that things are open, all those people who really thrived on social media during the COVID height of pandemic, they're now getting pulled in to do things on set or interviews or more face-to-face interactions. So that was a really great time for a lot of people to get set up. Mm, for sure. Like, like when like the pandemic started, it really kind of opened kind of people's eyes to entertainment, like influencing, like self-tape. I know self-tape kind of became a huge thing during the pandemic. And because like even though self-tape was a kind of like a thing before, it just became so huge during the pandemic since like people couldn't go out and like in-person auditions. And also like making videos was also huge as well, is because like 
when you post like reels or posting videos on like TikTok or Instagram reel or lives or whatever you decide to do, like it will reach at least a couple thousand people, no matter what. These reels really kind of reach all different accounts in different countries of US, UK, like all over the world. And that's kind of how like people get more opportunities. It's like if they could like post more consistently, you'll grow each day. Like I know someone that took like two years in like social media and got a million followers to the to the same. Wow. You see absolutely I hundred percent agree. I mean before the pandemic height, I would say I was always going to in-person auditions. I remember at that time I didn't live in Hollywood. So I would drive like three hours from San Diego and go do that audition and then turn around with like a turn and burn. And now after, you know, we had to stay at home, all auditions are mostly virtual. A lot of times they'll only pull you in person if they have to do a callback or um, if they're ready to put you on set. But now it's like anyone from anywhere in the world can audition for certain movies and TV shows and all these different events. And then that set will pay them to go travel to LA or New York or wherever it is. So it's like the playing field really evened out. It wasn't, I had the means to go live in LA or live in LA. You know, I now can be there without having to move there. Mm-hmm. Like how long like, were like, the auditions? Like when you lived in like San Diego, is it like this like two minutes and it's gone and then drive like three hours back? Or was it kind of like an hour long? Well, it depends. So sometimes I had to sit there in a waiting room for like two, three hours just to be in there for like three minutes. Right. And then they maybe pull you in with a group of people and, you know, they they do auditions. Sometimes it's singular, sometimes it's with multiples. It just depends what the product or the um, the event is going to be. So but sometimes it was you have your scheduled time at 12 and I was there at 12 and I was out by 12.05 and back down the road. But those are the things you do when you have a drink. Mm-hmm. Like that's like the best part of that is that even if you have to drive like three hours away for like a five minute audition, like it's worth it. Well, maybe now is worth it. Like it's now is worth it if you don't get the, like the call back or whatever, but it's always worth it going after it. Like trust me, it's rather always kind of get a try than rather not knowing what's going to happen if you don't go. Absolutely. But I think it's always important to put your face in front of casting directors as much as possible. Even if they keep giving you a no, eventually, I think most of them will get a soft heart and say, this person has a lot of determination and motivation. Let's give them a chance. Mm-hmm. And like, even if like, you see the most casting director a million times, like they might like think of you of this role and be like, oh, well, I saw this girl at a couple of auditions. I think she'll be good for this role. Like you remember like your face and your name. You're like, oh, I've seen this girl before. I think she'll be perfect. Like that's the best part about getting kind of familiar with casting directors is that like if you see them a lot, like they'll become familiar with your work and the way you act and become kind of push acting like gigs to your side, even though you get so many notes from them, there's always a possibility that this might shoot a role after at you without having to audition absolutely and I think it's very important in this industry and like I said it doesn't matter where you are in the world be friends with these people because people like to be like to hire their friends because it's easy to work along with um, they'll get the job done and they know you for who you are and if you can't shake those hands in person in LA just DM them just start a conversation just say hi I really liked uh, this post or like their post 
comment on their posts, engage. And eventually they'll be like, who are you? What's interesting about you? Or I see you really been a part of my journey. I want to interact with you. I want to get to know you. Those are great ways to step right into the door. Mm-hmm. And like when like you were young, you were kind of like very active in like singing solo and in in a tour as well as acting. Like like with singing, like your top priority as a kid, it was kind of like acting that was your top priority, or both of them. They can be both. There was one the kind of more important than others. I know like with some people, they're like, oh, I love both, but then I'm like, I'd rather do this most of my time than the other one. It was singing. Um, as a kid, everything was always revolved around singing. If I was in a play, it was a musical because it had singing. If I was in a pageant, there was a talent section because it had singing. Recitals, I sang variety, talent shows, competition, singing, singing, singing. Everything had a point back to music because that's where I originally started. I started with piano lessons and voice lessons at eight years old, and I just kept practicing my craft until someone saw, someone saw me, and someone saw I was trying. Mm-hmm. And like, how did you kind of like deal with all that as a young kid, trying to like do all these things, like acting, singing? Like, how did you balance that? Like, did you go to school and like in person, or did you kind of do it online, like doing all these things? So all of the performing I did as a kid was actually local to the state of New Hampshire. So I did a lot of like uh, community home day festivals where I would perform on the stage or be one of the acts. Um, I would do like the Miss New Hampshire pageants or Miss New Hampshire outstanding teen pageants. I would do my school's talent shows. I would do like the city of Manchester. They had a a local cable um singing competition that was like a thousand dollar was the grand prize so I would do all of those things because I didn't really you know back then I didn't really have means to go out to New York or LA I also didn't have agents or connections or anything like that it wasn't until I was older that I went to college and I really just pushed myself and and insert myself into these uh different communities Mm -hmm. like why do you think like kind of like connections like and getting yourself out there is important to kind of add to that? Like I know like with being in entertainment, connections and meeting new people is such a big thing. Like it's such a big thing to like get more opportunities and stuff. Like why do you think in your opinion connection is so important, especially being an artist or like an actor? Absolutely. So, you know, when your friend, let's say they have a project they have to do, whether it's a casting director, producer, it doesn't matter what they, you know, what they are. Let's say she says, okay, like, oh, I'm doing a movie right now. I really need a five two brunette um, with a big jawline. So, oh, my friend, Jen, my friend, Jen, I'm going to hire my friend, Jen. And it makes sense because I'm the person that comes to that person's mind and I get the job maybe over someone else who she's never met before or she doesn't have a good relationship for because she's probably not going to hire someone who really like made her upset at some point or someone who was really just mean or cocky or into themselves. So that's why it's always important. I think, you know, Teresa Romer gives a good quote and it's your net worth is your neck work is your sorry one more time cut that out (laughs) Teresa Romer gives a really great quote that says your net worth 
is your network? That's a good one. That's a good one. Like, that's like a good one. Is that like, even like, like everyone has a specific thing they work on. Like, even if it's like their producer, director, like they think like, even when they're hiring, they're like, well, I need this person last minute or I need a person with the big jawline or someone with that's like 17 years old with blonde hair and is skinny as an example. That's like, as a kind of a, like example for a kind of acting and they're like, oh, like, I know someone that's about to turn 17 and has kind of blonde hair. She's skinny. Like, probably ask this person. But I asked her, like, if she's, like, interested in this project, but I think, like, she'll be a good shot. Like, it's always kind of worth, worth kind of asking and being like, hey, like, we're hiring for something. Like, would you be interested? Because, like, even, like, if you get those messages, I'll be like, yes, please. Like, like when you get those opportunities, like you don't know where they lead. Like you don't know where it will take you. Like you can always, like when you get those pro- that project, you're like, and after you film, and once it's released, it might become so popular that you're making thousands of followers from this film. Like you may never know what opportunity it t- you take because it might gain you so much in opportunities. Right, exactly. It, it's all about who you know because at the end of the day, being realistic. There are thousands and thousands of brunette five two people just like me in this town alone, let alone, let alone the world. What what makes me the choice? What makes me the one that you you want to pick for your movie? If I'm mm. your friend, I probably have more of a shoe in because you know everyone wants to work with friends. Mm-hmm. It's like yeah, you're exactly correct. It's like when like you get to work with your friends, like you know how they are like you're like oh she's so sweet and kind she's a good person to be around like why not I ask this person that's a good friend of mine to do this project with me like like I like personally I would rather look with work with a good friend or family member because like I'm so familiar with them that I'm like why not just work with them for a couple of months like exactly like at least I know someone there because like of course like you don't know so many people but if you're going through something you don't know anyone you're like well, at least I have this person with me and make sure I have that person by my side, at least someone to talk to. Right, exactly. And, and a mentor and, and things like that. Mm-hmm. And like, as you kind of switch gears a little bit, you came out with a self-published book called Honey, It's Assertive. I'm so, it's kind of hard to say, but um, which is about blunt confidence building. Like, what are some ways you could kind of build your confidence in some ways for yourself or just kind of things you do? So aggressive, honey, it's assertive with kind of my COVID project because, again, I needed things to do when I was locked down. <laughs> um, it started with me teaching some public speaking lessons to businessmen that were also stuck at home and English was their second language. So I wasn't just teaching them how to speak. I was teaching them colloquialism. I was teaching them different slangs, different ways to communicate. So I decided I put this all in a book. And the funny thing about it is it's based off of my blunt New England humor because they always say people from New England or especially Massachusetts um, are just such the meanest, coldest people in the world. So I figured, okay, well, let's learn how to be forward from those mean, cold people because they're not really mean and cold they're direct. So it's just like, one of my friends described it as, it's like the slap in the face you didn't know you needed. Mm -hmm. Yeah, like oftentimes, like I like you said that because like, 
when people when people are kind of from New England or from like Massachusetts or from the Boston area, they're like, oh my gosh, like Boston people or Massachusetts people are this like they're kind of rude. Like why like why like they're kind of like a different type of breed. Honestly, it's like different they're different type of people, but then that's like kind of how Massachusetts people kind of roll in life. Like that's how they talk. Like like they have like their own style in like talking and interacting. They're forward and direct. They get to the point. So it's like we needed a Massachusetts person to get a business deal done. Then you know they're they're the person because it's gonna be done with with no bull crap or secrets or anything. It's not gonna be a bunch of like pretend to be nice. It's straight business. Mm-hmm. And like, along with the book, like, how do you like deal with confidence with yourself? Like, how do you kind of like deal with that? Like, with being in entertainment stuff, like, how do you deal with confidence in like every single day in life? Well, you gotta love yourself first. If you don't love yourself, then you can't. If your cup isn't full, you can't pour onto others. You'll have nothing. You can't pour from an empty cup. Is what I'm trying to say in the long term. Um. So if you if you love yourself and you tell yourself constantly, like when people bring in bad energy or say nasty things about me, it doesn't matter because I know myself. I know what I'm doing. I know what my intent is. So that's the first step is self-care. You'll find self-love if you take care of yourself. If you sleep the eight to nine hours a night, if you drink water, if you, um, you know, do your daily hygiene, if you read, if you, you know, watch TV and relax, if you take care of yourself, then you will love yourself. And then you will become that strong wall that no one can get through. Mm-hmm. That's amazing. Like, like, I know, like, for some people, they're like, I have so much work to do. Like, why should I take time for myself? Like, that's, I rather do work and take time for myself, but taking care of yourself is more important than do work. It's more important. It's like the way you treat yourself is the way you probably will treat other people in your life. Because like absolutely, like even like if you not be treating yourself and you're stressed and like you have so much going on, and this come from my personal experience. I just past week I'm like I have so much work to do. Like I can't. I don't. I basically don't have time to do anything. Like I don't have. I'm basically angry, like, like all these things. I'm being myself, like, you just like you're just stressing yourself out because like you're adding so much things to your plate that it's making you so stressed. Is that like you need to kind of be aware of what you're adding and and what you're doing because like you need to think like should I do this project or should I not do this project or what should I add like because like if you keep adding things to your plate, it's gonna damage your mental health. Because, like, when you keep working, working nonstop, it's going to stress you out to the point where you just, like, you just want to scream and you're just very angry with yourself. Absolutely. Don't expect great results at work if you don't have great results with yourself. And, you know, what I kind of mean by that is if you don't have that good energy that you're working and that self-love and taking care of yourself, like, how is your work going to be a representative of that? Your work is an example of you. Mm, so true. And like, in terms of acting, you have been TV shows such as HBO's Euphoria, which I love so much, and movies such as Top Gun 2, starring Tom Cruise, which is also one of my favorites, and 
They have also been featured on Investigation Discovery's Man with a Van TV talk show, The Doctors, and let's make a deal to name a few. Like, how has kind of those experiences kind of helped shape shape your career as an actress and a singer? I think when it comes to acting and even singing to a point, repetition matters. You have to be in that set life constantly. You have to understand that your work day is like 20 hours. You have to understand getting there on time is important in the right hair and the right makeup. And the more you do that, the more you add to your resume and the more professional you come off every time you are on set. So everything in life is repetition. Like we'll even say about singing or even learning any instrument. They say you become a master at, I forget how many hours, but I'll make it up. 1200 practice hours. That means if you practice for 1200 hours over the course of your time, you will 99.9% become a master of what you're doing. Ooh, that's such a good fact. Yeah, I never knew that. Like, like I like what you said earlier about resume because like when you, like the more you add to your resume, like the more jobs you get, I feel, or the better, like better things you like you get entertainment. Like that's why I learned so. Like the good things you get, no matter if it's like a personal job or like acting or something. Like the more you add, the more like you kind of brand your yourself and like your name to other people. Absolutely. I mean, even if you had thirty independent movies that you know they weren't picked up by like. HBO or something like that on your resume a casting director would still look at it and say okay this person has a reel so they have experience and they have video of their experience and then they would also say this person has motivation they're ready for the next step like I said persistent and repetition can get you very far mm-hmm. so true and like while filming Top Gun 2 like did you like kind of like meet Tom Cruise or like Miles Summer? a teller while filming like during like the process of the kind of filming Top Gun 2? Um, so I didn't get to meet Tom Cruise. I did meet um, Miles. I He did come on set one of the days I was there. I was mostly in the bar scene and um, I was like sitting at the bar next to Penny and I was around the pool table in some scenes. So I was around the scene where he like walks into the bar. But to be mm-hmm. honest with you, I haven't seen the movie at all (laughs) i just i'm so weird about watching things that i'm in so i haven't seen it i'm the same way too i'm the same exact way like what was like miles like like was he nice like what what was like kind of your experience with him he was really nice and sweet and he he just was doing his job he had no attitude he was just he literally was a working actor not a working celebrity which i really appreciated from a set standpoint because it means that he was here to do his job he wasn't here to get pampered mm, that's amazing like there's like no not ton of actors that kind of like act like that like I know that some actors are like I'm such a big actor like I'm not gonna like pay attention to you like why should I like you're like let's just say like you're not big enough like you're just not have a lot on your resume and you're like yeah like he'll someone will probably be like oh why should I pay attention to you well, you don't have too much on your plate right now or you have too much things on your like resume um and like that's kind of how some people are they're like always like so cocky thinking like oh I'm better than anyone else but like 
that's like the worst part about being in this business because like you are going to encounter people like that like they're you're going to encounter people that are so cocky and so rude but then like you will encounter people that are so sweet and love meeting other people and like kind of like the best part for them is meeting and working with different people and making lifelong memories with people they work with like that's a different two different sides of it absolutely but there there's a a difference that a lot of people don't realize until they're in this world there are certain standards that have to be done people are getting paid to do certain standards and as an actor or even a producer you are investing a certain amount of time you're giving up time to do something, even if you're getting paid, it has to be done to a standard. And I think like, you know, it's one thing if the actor got mad at someone like a crew member on set for not doing their job, right? That's mm. one thing. The other thing would be if you just got mad at some random extra because they were there or because they tried to be friendly with you or smooth with you or something like that, then I think you're out of your mind there. But you know, there there are certain standards. I mean, I've been on set before where I'm not afraid to come out and speak my mind and speak my truth and tell them how you feel. Like um, I was on a set the other night that um, some of the crew members got a little, you know, intoxicated and they were sexually harassing the woman. So I got right out of character and I started telling them off. I told the hotel security. I told the police and there's just a zero tolerance for that and someone could look at that and say oh my god like this person has a big head or they think they're all that no because there is a standard and i will call out people to make sure that standard happens Mm -hmm, for sure that like i like i love that because like not a lot of people like to kind of express their mind because they're afraid that like they're going to be kind of act like treated or look differently in a way because they're like when they speak their mind like people probably think like they're crazy but like, I like I applaud you for doing that that's actually amazing for like I applaud you for that thank you I appreciate it I mean sometimes you just have to be blunt and bold I mean I learned that from being a New Englander but you know I'm here I'm here to protect the standards and protect people around and I have a zero tolerance for that Mm-hmm. And like in January, you came out with a new single called "Fall to My Knees," which is such an amazing song. I love it so much. And like, what does like the kind of like the title kind of show about the song? So it's fall to when you fall to your knees, you like fall in desperation, like please begging, like please do something, right? So "Fall to My Knees," the idea of it is that. Um, if you had an ex that was like a player, a cheater, like didn't really like focus in on you and the relationship and you are building yourself and your self-confidence so strong, and so independent to be, you want your ex to come chasing after you because you are so strong and you are so um, amazing, but you're not going to have it because you're independent and you only need yourself. So the idea is I want you to beg for me because I begged for you and I wasn't good enough, but I want you to beg for me so I can reject you. Ooh, that's, I actually like that. That's actually a good meaning. Like that's, I don't know how to describe it, but that's actually like, it's hard to describe it, but it's like, 
it's like just shows how confident you are in yourself. And I went a little further with that. So I recently shot a music video in San Antonio, Texas. Sorry, that was Siri. <laughs> Siri keeps talking to me. Um, so I recently shot a music video in San Antonio, Texas. I found this heels community. Like they dance in high heels and they're all so sexy and they can move their bodies in certain ways. And I figured they actually would be a really good crew to shoot a music video with because everyone looks at them because of their dance profession as strippers, the way they dance. They're strippers, they're prostitutes, they're, you know, things of that nature. But no, this is a group of women that learn this beautiful way to dance for themselves and Mm. for the people in, in their community. And I said, that is exactly what Fall to My Knees is about. It's about being 100% yourself that the whole world comes to you, but you are so strong, you don't you don't need it. You don't need that bad energy. Mm, that's the confidence I needed there. And that's totally the confidence I needed. Women empowerment, snaps. <laughs> you know, the last thing I have for you is like, what is some advice for singer-songwriters or actors to kind of like this starting out or just want to kind of get into this kind of career field? So I'll give you two answers. One of them is going to be kind of cliche. Keep trying. Keep posting videos every day. Keep, um, you know, making it happen. Keep interacting with people. And then the technical thing would be if I was to put out multiple videos a day on TikTok, even if I've put them out before, or even on Instagram, I'm going to get someone who's going to see them at some point, right? Mm-hmm. So I got to make my probability high. I got to share it with people. I got to interact with people who comment on my stuff, you know, comment back. Thank you so much. Here's some more content. Or I hope to see you on other posts soon. Or I got a new song coming out in a couple of weeks. I'll definitely put you on my list. Do that work and engage with people who are already engaging with you. Mm-hmm. It's like the more you engage, the more like it will show to other people that like, oh, she interacts with her fans or the people that follow her. Like that's definitely like I want to be involved in that. Like that's like kind of like something like people want to see when they like when they're looking for someone to follow. Is that like do they interact with their fans or what kind of content do they make? Like do you think this will be a good fit for me in trying to interact with this person? Absolutely. You just, you have to keep trying. You Mm. have to keep trying. And uh, there's a word I like, pivot. Okay. Mm. That doesn't work. Let's try something else. Let's pivot. Let's reinvent ourselves. You know, you got to keep rebuilding your brand and putting it out there. Like I'm always notorious. I like to wear wigs. I'm wearing a hair piece right now. I'll wear a brown hair piece. I'll wear a blonde wig. I'll wear a purple bob. Like I'll wear anything. And people will be like, is that Jennifer Messina? Yes, it is, because all of that is my brand of who my blunt self is. But mm-hmm. I like fashion. But I like fashion. But that's me doing the pivot and the reinventing myself. Mm-hmm. Basically, when you are like true to yourself and like want to act like your own self without feeling judged, like your personal matter, the way you treat yourself and the way you dress is going to impact people around you or people that you don't know in public or in public setting or people on social media. It's going to impact you. Like, oh, God, Jennifer is doing these things for her own style. Like, how can I get style like that? Like, that's like when people see those type of things, they're like, I want to do that too. How can I dress like her? Like, how can I act like her? Like, the things they see 
is the way they kind of treat themselves and the way they look. Absolutely. I mean, it started with going to Goodwill and find the craziest outfits and trying to mimic people on the red carpet. It didn't have to start expensive. You just had to dress different. And I'm not saying dress very exposed or very sexual or anything like that. Just dress different, bold colors, funky things, things that represent what's on the inside and putting it out. Mm -hmm, For sure. And I want to thank you so much for coming on the podcast you're seriously amazing. I love chatting with you today. And I really appreciate your time and coming on the podcast. And it meant so much. And thank you so much for coming on and taking the time. I really appreciate it, Jen. Thank you for having me. And um, if anyone wants to follow me, Jennifer C. Messina is my handle on everything. And my website is jenniferc.messina.com. My lip gloss brand is messinaglam.com. I will definitely comment back and engage with all of you. So thank you so much. Amazing. Everyone go follow her. And thank you so much for coming on and taking time. I love chatting with you. Bye.